<laughs> That's a good way to start off the podcast. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members serving as a catalyst to facilitate better worship in the local church. Something like that. You know, we haven't nailed down the new wording or anything. But uh, I thought I thought that was the new wording. It, it is, but I don't think I say it exactly the same way every time. Oh, it's close enough. Yeah. So, my name's David, and I'm here with Kevin. Hi. And we are still getting over the sniffles and sneezes and what have you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm at a... I was, I was telling you, David, just before, you know, I'm, I think I've been at about 80 to 85% health uh for the last last four or five days so you know after we recorded that last one i i actually um i thought i'd gotten better Uh, a couple days later i was feeling great um but i think i think i was actually just incubating it inside of myself (laughs) i was like a petri dish um sorry uh and anyway so it's turned into more of a chest thing now so uh, still, still a little nasally, and still a little bit of a cough. Or actually, sorry, now now I actually have a cough. Before there was no cough, but uh, you know I, I'm okay. I, I'm actually feeling today. I'm feeling probably better than I've felt all week. That's so, good. Um, so we're here. Yeah, I we're think here. mine is like allergies and a combination. Do you get allergies? I do. Yeah, I've never had allergies, which praise the Lord because I I have some friends who get them real bad. And apparently it just it just sucks. Yeah, it's it's not something I would wish on anybody. No. <laughs> That's something, you know, if you could like take one one thing away, that'd probably be one of the things I'd choose. Right. Yeah. Wow. Do do you get like the uh, watery eyes or just I get some watery eyes, nose. mostly sneezing and stuffy nah. junk that makes it miserable because yeah. you can't breathe. Can't breathe at night when you're trying to sleep. You know, stuff like that. I'm about to sneeze right now. Uh-oh, here so comes. I'm trying not wait, to. Wait for I'm it. I'm going to try and hold it off. Wait for it. I hate that when you're, when, here's the worst. When when you have a sneeze and it's building up and then you can't sneeze. You ever had that happen? Yeah. That, or like when you have to sneeze in the middle of a worship set. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad too. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever had that happen to me. It's going to happen now because yeah, you'll be exactly. conscious of it. This this Sunday, <laughs> now now that we've talked about this Sunday, I'm going to write in the middle of some big majestic song, you know, this big build and all of a sudden, boom. And you're making all these faces to try and not sneeze. Right. Like, yeah. And you're trying to sing at the same time. <laughs> That's going to be great. Imagine. I can't you know, imagine I what have, that looks like. I have um, w- once during communion, uh, we we had taken the the bread. You know, we we use these little bread tablets, mm-hmm. and um, and so after we took the bread, you know, I was doing a song to to get us ready for the the uh, uh, the juice, the blood, the wine, the Eucharist, whatever you want to call <laughs> it. You know, uh, the chalice. So. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so I, I'm t- I took the bread, we started the song, and like a piece of the bread table got lodged oh, no. inside my throat, <laughs> and the whole song, it was like stuck in there, and, and you know that like tickle, mm-hmm. and, and, and I could not get, and so I, I would sing a line, and then kind of like, you know, try to try to like go off <laughs> mic, and you know, co- co- cough it up, and um it was pretty it was pretty funny i think eventually towards the end i just let one of the vocal one of the vocalists lead the song and and i'm i'm just sitting back there 
Uh, that actually really made me cough. Um, <coughs> yeah, I've, uh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, that's when you're thankful to have another vocalist. Totally. That can can carry the song if you can. I'm like, I'm like Angie's going to lead it. <laughs> Take it, Angie. <laughs> yeah, so she she led it. It worked out all right. Did you actually say that? Um, I think I made him. I, I may have been like, Take it, Angie. See, if I'm having a hard time singing, I'll tell, you know, like the last couple weekends when I've had the cold, I've told the vocalist beforehand, if I stop singing, you just go on. <laughs> you go. Because <laughs> something's happening and I can't sing anymore. Don't and stop so, on my account. <laughs> so that way it's a little more subtle, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but see, Probably I wasn't planning really on getting bread stuck in my throat. That's true. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not like, all right, all right, team. So in the unlikely event that I get a corner of the bread tablet lodged in my throat, I want you to keep singing. Um, maybe I should just make that like a clause. Like a contingency plan. Yeah. To- we, should make- we should make communion contingency plans. <laughs> in, the event- in the event I drown on my grape juice <laughs> or in the event it shoots up my nose, uh, please do the following. Well, communion might be a little bit narrow of an example, but it's probably not a bad idea to, to you know, teach your team or have them at least be aware of a contingency of some sort or another. You it's know. true. If, you know, let's, you know, you get sick in the middle of a worship set and you have to run off stage. Oh, has that ever happened to you? No. Oh, thank goodness. Almost, but, um, you know, but, you know, it could, yeah. you know, and so you're, you're not, you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want the, all the worship to stop because you're, right because you're sick or, you know, because so you want the band to carry on in some way, shape going. or form. So I don't know. It might be something worth talking about sometime. You know what? <clears throat> and, and that, and that's actually part of being a good leader, which dun to dun, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Today. We're talking about leadership and, uh, actually a lot bigger topic than we could ever talk about in one little podcast episode. It's true. Leadership. But, but uh, before we get to like the actual meat of leadership, oh, sorry, did, did I jump the gun? Well, we were going to talk about how CHT is going. Ah, church health team. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so good. So the uh, kind of a, a good update for for those of you who at home who've been listening and following along uh, on my on my journey with this natural church development process. Uh, just quick synopsis. Um, several months ago. Our our church uh, took this uh, survey tool to kind of examine the the health of our church, natural church development. That's what the survey tool is called. And one of the areas of weakness we found within our church was this area, inspiring worship service, and uh, also known as inspiring church service, w- which kind of falls heavy under you know my jurisdiction so to speak. So anyway, um, last several months, we've, we've uh, put together this team of people, a church health team, to address the issue of inspiring worship service. And, you know, I, I think I shared early, early on just kind of those initial stages of frustration and almost kind of like, you know, gosh, what, what's wrong with my ministry? What what have I done wrong? You know, how how is it that I... How is it that I'm the worship pastor? I'm and such a loser. <laughs> How is it that I'm a loser? Yeah, exactly. You know, the all those stages of grief, right? Anyway, but uh, th- there's actually just been some really, really positive things coming out of it. Um, on, on a personal level, for me, I'm discovering that 
I can be really, really sensitive to criticism. And I think we even talked about that, mm-hmm. like, episode six or episode five or something. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I'm just making up numbers. <laughs> episode 33. I'd be really impressed if you had it, like, for sure memorized exactly yeah. what episode that was. Actually, no, because I think it is. It was around five or six. Uh, I, I don't know. Someone check and, t- and email us. T- <laughs> tell me if I'm right. Anyway, um, so, you know, I think I've talked before about how uh, criticism is, it's a hard thing for me and, and I'm realizing how sensitive I am to it and I'm also realizing I don't need to be you know I, I think one of the comments you made on that on that episode was you gotta you know as a worship pastor uh, someone in ministry someone in leadership you gotta have a tough skin you gotta develop a tough skin and um, and more important which is very hard to do oh yeah yeah and, and I think even more important than that than that is is being able to kind of receive the criticism uh, in a gracious way, not take it personally. And so throughout this whole process, you know, there, there's been a lot of things, there's been a lot of, you know, comments and things made. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at a place now where I'm, I'm looking at these things and I'm saying, yeah, you know, that, that's a good point. You know, what, what if we tried this? What if we tried that? And instead of taking it personally, taking it constructively, um, and and just doing a, just doing small you know small little things making small little changes, and and you know of course it's always hard. I mean it's always hard when someone tells you something. And uh, there was this one guy you know I met with him for like two hours, and you know he just he had this like two page thing all typed out. You know all the things I should be doing, all the things that you know I haven't been doing, all the you know uh, yeah all the suggestions he had, and you know and and, and those things are rough, but. But in all, I think I'm learning on a personal level that that these these kind of things, when we take when we take a critical look at how we're doing uh, church, how we're doing like a worship service, how we're doing music, when we take a critical look at that, it can be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it doesn't have to be negative. And so I, I think I think I'm coming at it at a much healthier way, and as a result. Um, I've actually been making some, just some small little changes in our worship service, and it has made a huge difference. Really? Yeah, it's made a huge difference. And and one of the comments from the guy, one of the guys on the church health team, you know, he actually came up to me a couple of weeks ago after the service and said, "Kevin, I noticed, I noticed that you made that little change that we had talked about in in our meeting." Um, and, and it wasn't even anything, you know, it's not like as a team we said, all right, we're going to vote on, you know, here's how you have to do the service. Mm-hmm. We had just been throwing out some ideas and I just kind of thought, huh, I'll give it a shot. And, and I tried it and it was just a small little thing instead of, you know, what it was instead of typically on a Sunday morning, I'll kind of start the service out. You know, we'll do some prelude. I'll be welcoming people in. Hey, come on in, you know, uh, find a seat. We're going to get started. You know, let let's stand together as we as we start this song and and we go into the opening song, and so what I try doing instead is you know um, you know starting the service more on on a worshipful tone, saying you know so I started the service by saying something to the effect of uh, as as you come in as you come into this place we want to be focusing on the Lord. We're here this morning to worship Jesus Christ. We're here this morning to give him all glory and honor and praise because he alone is worthy. And that's what we're going to sing right now. 
and and then we start and it was just a small little change mm-hmm. and so Doug you know he he said he made the comment you know Kevin I noticed you made that little change and it made a huge difference for me and he said th- think of what might happen if you make 10 or 11 small little changes think how that can affect our worship service as a whole our entire service our entire Sunday uh, could totally look different just because of little changes. See, that's great, and it's this is great. You know, for me, it's great for the people listening to this podcast because we've heard you go through the stages of this yeah. to now where you're coming out with something positive. Totally. And so we've you know we heard you at the beginning when it was tough. <laughs> we heard you going through you know some of the big long discussions that you have, and you're still going through those. Oh yeah. But you know now you're starting to experience some of the positive effects of that change. And, yeah. and the, grant you know granted there will be ideas that that come out of those meetings that aren't good ideas, and you'll try them and they won't work, and you'll you know you'll go back to the drawing board on on whatever it is you were working on and come up with something else. But and you know. And all in all, you're going to end up with a better worship service. You're going to end up with a better entire worship experience from curb to curb, like you were talking about. Exactly, and and I think that that is what that uh, that concept right there is ultimately what got me got me motivated and got me past that you know stage of grief, you know that whatever it was, you know frustration or depression or you know ultimately what got me past that stage was realizing, hey. In the end, a year from now, our our worship service, our our entire service at church on Sunday morning, is going to look different, and it's going to and it's going to be it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's going to be a better thing, and and regardless of whose fault it is, regardless of of whether it's the music or the preaching or you know, and like we said, one of the things we're looking at is cu- this curve to curve philosophy. What what happens from the second you pull into the church parking lot? You know, so wh- whether it's because of the fact that there aren't signs directing people to the right place or people have no idea where to drop their kids off or, you know, wh- whoever's fault it is or whatever the reason is, the end result is that, you know, uh, a year from now or whenever, our our church service is going to be more focused on Jesus Christ. Our service is going to be more centered upon the worship of God and and giving him praise you know in everything we do in the music in the message having it all be a part of this beautiful inspiring worship service so you'd be giving more glory to god yeah and your regular tenders will have a better worship experience and your visitors will be have a better chance of being drawn in <clears throat> excuse me to your worship experience because you've been working on it yeah and and that's that's a good thing yeah <laughs> you know it, and I think I think ultimate you know yeah I think originally what you know what what got me all kind of like down or whatever was just just the process because I I knew that this process would just be lame and um, and it's not lame necessarily but you know it's a process and every process requires work. Well, you know, just imagine now and a year from now, imagine you know where you would have been if you kept things the same, where you're going to be with making the changes. Yeah, and just you know. Imagine if you had just dug your heels in at the beginning and said, "No, we're just going to keep everything." Right. You know, it's. I think it's working. The problem isn't me. The problem isn't whatever. The problem's the people. <laughs> you guys we are the problem. We got to get new people. Let's get a new church. <laughs> I so, should. I should have said that. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, that would have been real healthy for the church health team. <laughs> so, <coughs> excuse me. So, uh, but you know, that's. I think that's a great. 
and, and and I think you know if it, if there's anything I could challenge uh, our listeners with, you know, for for those of you who are listening, no matter what your role is, whether you're a worship pastor, whether you're on a worship team, you know, whether you're running sound, maybe you're a maybe you're just you know a senior pastor, maybe you're just someone who goes to church, maybe you're. you're Maybe you aren't even a Christian. I don't know. Maybe you found this podcast because you messed up and you thought catalyst was a naughty word or something. <laughs> um, you know, like whoever you are, if I could just encourage you in one thing and say, and say that, uh, however you are are doing ministry, however that however you're you're living life, you know, whether it's your job, whether it's your uh, your social life, don't ever be content on keeping things the same. Don't don't ever get apathetic and stagnant, you know. Because I think, uh, I think there's such a tendency that there's such um, there's there's such a danger of of doing doing things the way you're familiar with and the way that you're comfortable with. And once that happens, I mean, it it, it can, like you were saying, it can it can be devastating. That's that's especially true of success. Um, there you go. When you when you are successful in your Christian life, when you're successful in your work, successful in ministry, you kind of get used to the idea of success. You you'll start letting things glide and and go into cruise control and because it's working, you know. So so why mess with it? Why stop, you know, why try and make it better if it's already working? And this happens all the time with football teams, especially, you know, in college football. They'll uh-huh. get they'll get to a point of success where they feel like we are just so good, nobody's going to challenge us. And they'll look over a team that that you know they shouldn't have looked over because you know and they stop improving they get the attitude of nobody's going to beat us there's nothing that can stop us there's nothing that can bring us down you know nobody is going to come in here and mess around with us yeah. and all of a sudden out of nowhere this team that they weren't expecting comes in <laughs> and just lays the smack down <laughs> and they're gone you know <laughs> how did and, that happen yeah and you know they're just caught so off guard that they have no idea and the same thing can happen in our spiritual lives the same thing can happen in our in our work lives and our ministry lives, we can get so used to this idea of success that, you know, the enemy comes along and just pounds us with something and we're totally caught off guard because we haven't been working on whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I think, I think when, when we, when we have a mindset that, you know, what, what's familiar is what works. And I think, I think it's easy. It's easy to just keep doing what's familiar because it change, change is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, if I were to be completely honest with myself, I think a lot of a lot of the initial frustration and a lot of the initial hurt and even you know even some depression or whatever of of, of finding out about the church health team and that inspiring worship service was low. I think a lot of that initial pain was because I thought I was being successful. You know, I, I I looked back at my two years of ministry at Laurelwood. You know, I've been I've been there for two years, and I thought, man, like I I've really I've really changed the tone of worship here. You know, like people are excited to sing. You know, there's an enthusiasm. Man, I'm I'm just I'm doing okay. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing the right thing. I'm I'm doing what they hired me to do. <laughs> uh, and and then to find out that it was a low factor, it's just like what? You know, how could this be? And, and and so I think this has been really insightful. It's been a reminder for me that you know you, you can't just 
you can't just go on autopilot cruise control you can't just you know you can't just phone it in you gotta you, you gotta be consistently saying all right what can we do to make it better and and this team has been helpful for me to to look outside my my box to look outside my comfort zone and to see what things I could possibly do and just little things like I said little things how I started the service off in the morning um you know those little things can can set the tone and make a big difference well and you know for somebody as talented as you it's easy to just rely on your talent to come in every week to just, you know, play and, the piano and yeah, just wow, and do wow what, everyone. Yeah, and, do what you're skilled at. You know, God's given you this tremendous talent to use every weekend. But, you know, that when we rely on that only and not, you know, putting preparation yeah. into it, then I think we're letting God down because he wants us to use that talent wisely hmm. and not to just let it go. But uh, that actually leads us really well into into talking about leadership, you know, because you've got these meetings, regard you know, regardless of the opinions and the, you know, uh, talking about, you know, getting everyone on board and trying to get, you know, the best idea out there and, you know, the best idea wins and that kind of stuff. There still has to be a leader. You know, there still has to be somebody who's guiding the team that's in a right. direction. And um, whether that's you or, you know, if it's your senior pastor, or both of you in this situation, you're kind of working as a team, you know, to guide the people in, in a direction. And, you, you know, you still want to get input, but, you know, we're trusting that God has given the leaders of the church, you know, the vision for the church, and that uh, you know the people who are who are in the church and in the church body and following those leaders are trusting that too. <laughs> They're trusting that God has given them that vision. Yeah. And so, um, one of the things I just want to talk about real quick about leadership because you've mentioned it a little bit um, with with what you're doing a little bit right now with your worship team and and I'm starting to work on it some with my worship team and we talked about it with ownership a little bit and I think it's just a, a good principle that we that we need to talk about and maybe start start learning more I know I've got a lot to learn in this area but that's the idea of vision mm-hmm. and kind of casting vision um, and I've got a quote I want to read here if that's all right Yes. Um, it's from the book, The Leadership Challenge, by um, people whose names I can't pronounce. <laughs> Kauzes, K-O-U-Z-E-S. K-O-U-Z-E-S. Oh, is that German? What I have no that? idea. And, uh, and Posner. I can and read Posner. that one. Okay. Probably. I probably mispronounced it, too. It's probably Posner. <laughs> They're listening right now. <laughs> How could you mess that name up? But um, they and it's the book called Leadership Challenge. I'm not very far into it, but it's so far a already a tremendous book, and um, and they say this in in their uh, in kind of their overview of of the uh, of what they're going to talk about in the book. But one of their one of their points is inspiring a shared vision. And this is what they say. In some some ways, leaders live their lives backward. They see pictures in their mind's eye of what the results will look like even even before they've started their project, much as an architect draws a blueprint or an engineer builds, builds a model. The clear image of the future pulls them forward, yet visions seen only by leaders are insufficient to create an organized movement or a significant change in a company. A person with no constituents is not a leader, and people will not follow until they accept a vision as their own. And this is the great thing. Leaders cannot command commitment, only inspire it. Hmm. And so, you know, those last couple lines, a person with no constituent is not a leader, and people will not follow until they accept a vision as their own. And then saying leaders cannot command commitment, only inspire it. 
I think just those that's two good. sentences are worth the book right now. <laughs> well, and, and that's just what we were talking about last time with ownership. I mean, unless they catch that vision, unless they buy into it, you know? Yeah, you know, they, they won't commit to a vision and, until they own it, you know, until they accept it as their own vision, until they, you know, I'm willing to commit my life to this vision, you know? So, so uh, getting people there and uh, also people... Uh, you leaders we can't we can't commit people mm-hmm. we can only inspire them to commit themselves to to something to a vision and so you know uh uh back in january i think it was january's early this year here i i got the opportunity to make just a little presentation about you know my vision for the worship arts ministry and it was probably okay but you know, in retrospect, there are probably some other things that I would do differently, and I'll probably do them you know, a lot differently the next time I come around. But, but I was, you know, trying to follow John Maxwell's some of his steps about lead, you know, and sharing a vision and being inspiring and stuff like that. And I, I only had seven minutes, and I just tried to cram way too much in there to to be effective at it. But um, was this in front of the whole church? Yes, in front of the whole church and wow. our services, and so. You know the you know, the idea was we there probably were plenty of people, and we did get a good response. We got a good response of people. Um, uh, you know, probably thirty or forty people came out in different areas that wanted to wow. to get involved in different aspects of the worship arts ministry. Most of them not musicians, mm. which is great because there are way more facets to the worship arts ministry than than just music. And so, so, and some of those areas have actually been building momentum through this year, which is good. But, you know, uh, looking back on it, I just, you know, I think I, I don't know, I don't know what I was trying to, <laughs> to fit into that time. And, you know, I'm amazed that anybody actually came out and, uh, I don't know if I could, I should probably find a recording of it and post it for people as something as what not to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe maybe you could talk about how you have uh, shared the vision. Because I remember you saying something about that. Uh, I don't know if it, if you just did that recently or you're getting ready to do yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Well, it was that um, I had this uh, worship team. Our our entire worship team got together. Uh, we had this big pizza feed thing, and and I I shared with them some of the new goals, some of the new vision for this uh this upcoming year um you know because we're starting the fall season you know so that kind of launches that kind of launches you know a whole new um a whole new year i mean you got you know christmas uh, in a few months and all that so it, it was it was actually just with my worship team it wasn't in front of the the whole church um so we were all there we're eating pizza you know i handed them uh, i handed them some some things, some documents, uh, just just some things sharing what some of my new goals, some of my new priorities, uh, things that I've I've kind of realized, some things even from the church health team that I've I've picked up on, some things the elders have challenged me with as far as um, uh, as far as training you know other leaders and duplicating leadership, some of that stuff. So that that's when I was sharing. That's where I was sharing that. And could. Um could you explain a little bit maybe what you what you did in that you know what you, maybe a little bit of what you said yeah but like how you how I said it well yeah. boy it wasn't anything official because I mean, we were all <laughs> sitting there eating pizza right um 
you know, but the the uh, there was kind of three. By the way, what kind of pizza did you have? Oh, well, it was it was Godfather's, mm. and uh, we just got a bunch of different kinds. You know, we got uh, a humble a humble pie, the classic combo, um, Canadian bacon, and uh, or Hawaiian whatever you call it. I I hate it. I hate pineapple. We've already had that discussion yes, we before. Have. I just, you know, some, I, I got it for others, though, because I know other people like it. Right. But I just, I hate it. You know, pineapples on a pizza. Come on. <laughs> um, and then, you know, pepperoni. Uh, there was a, a veggie one. There was a chicken one. So there's all kinds of pizza. Anyway, um, so three three main points to, to some of my new vision, uh, some of my goals. So for this year... One of the things I really want to try to emphasize, and I think this goes a little bit towards ownership, not all the way. I still need to kind of think through and flesh out some of that. But, um, you know, I, I realize that as as worship teams, you know, what we do at our church at Laurelwood, we have we have four separate worship teams and and these four teams uh, kind of play for the most part. They play together um, every every time, you know, so. So, um, if, if you're on, uh, if you're on one team, you can, you'll probably be with them, you know, all, all the, all the time, unless there's scheduling conflicts Mm -hmm. and, you know, substitutions or whatever. So, um, I, I realized that, you know, these people every single month, they're, they're playing together and singing together and serving together with the same people. Um, and, and, you know, we, we spend time and we pray before the service and, you know, we spend time, uh, you know, practicing and, and we laugh and we have a good time. Uh, but, but there's never really any intentional relationships between, between the teams. And sure, you know, maybe once a year we have these kind of big worship team get together as we eat pizza. Mm -hmm. But I realize, you know, and I think I even shared this, you know, I, um, I can't remember if I shared this on on a podcast a couple times ago, but all I'm trying to say is one of the new things I want to do is have an intentional relationship time with each of the teams. And so what we do now is we, we just spend some time in the morning praying. Um, we, we take about 15, 20 minutes. We, we go around the, the whole group. Um, we, we pray for each other. We ask, you know, I ask how everyone's doing, what things are going on in your lives. We pray for each other. And then what I do is that that next day, Monday, I, I email the team with all the prayer requests. And the idea being that you pray for your team like that the whole week. And and you know, it's that concept of when you are when you are standing next to someone uh, and you're singing with them and you're worshiping with them, that's cool. But when you're standing next to your brother or your sister, or the person that you've been praying for all week long, that has so much more power. There is so much more. Uh, there, there's so much more connectivity and and synergy and depth when you are when you are are worshiping alongside that person that you know and that you love and that you care about and that you pray for. Um, so, so that that's one of the things that we did. The the other thing, uh, just real briefly here, because I know we're probably running out of time, aren't we? Getting there, yeah. Yeah, boy, <laughs> always beat, always battling the clock. I feel, I feel like you know, like on Sunday morning, you know, it's always battling the <laughs> clock, trying to end on time. Jeez, I just can't get away from it. Um, so just real quickly, then, what were the other yeah, two things? Sorry. So the the other the other uh, two things was 
um, uh, how how we're gonna do leadership and uh, being more intentional and actually having other people leading and and I kind of have this like three month plan that that um, I'm I'm trying to flesh out where uh, you know giving giving some other other potential leaders uh, some songs to do and then letting them do some of the service and letting letting them do all the service and, and I wanna I wanna start moving away you know my goal is to have me. Uh, doing doing less and having other people doing more, uh, mm-hmm. not not because I don't want to lead, but because I think there's so much value in having other leaders lead and having having other people in our church lead who who have that gifting and who have that skill and who have that passion. Um, and then the the third thing was uh, the third thing was along those lines, and it, it's uh, basically how how we do our music. Uh, it's more of a technical thing, but I, I want to start. You know, we we've uh, we're just finishing up this phase one of of a new sound system in our church. Uh, we installed a bunch of new speakers in the back with a nice delay thing. Um, I'm, I'm looking at getting some uh, new front of house speakers, and and with that, you know, we're we're gonna try to make some changes with how we actually do music. Um, I, you know. A lot, a lot less piano, a lot more guitar. Laurelwood has historically always been a piano church. Um, you know, Craig Allen, who was there for mm-hmm. seven or eight years, was piano. When you were there, it was piano. Brian Cheney was piano. Mm-hmm. I'm piano. Right. So it, it's always been a piano church, and that's great. I love piano, but um, I think you know, I think the the let may, the less you can do piano, and maybe you know, a, a lot of music. You know, you listen to the radio. Uh, except for a few bands, I mean, it's, it's all guitar, and they don't and, even have a keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> any kind of synthesizer or anything there. You know, it's just... Yeah, there you go. Um, but all, all I'm trying to say is that you know, music in general is shifting towards that way, and I'm I'm just trying to stay, you know, trying to stay uh, relevant and modern and culturally, you know, accurate, especially in this area in the Northwest. So, uh, just shifting on how we do some of our music, focusing a lot more on guitar. So. So just uh, one last thought on this idea of vision and, sp- and inspiring a shared vision and one one thing not to do. I've had a couple meetings lately. We're talking about Christmas. And uh, when you I've, I've seen what happens when you don't do this right, <laughs> which is which is what you don't want to have happen. But, but you know, I've, I've kind of gone into a couple meetings here. And, you know, as a as our worship planning team, we've kind of narrowed down really in on what we want to do for Christmas. And but I but and meeting with a couple of other people, it became apparent to me towards the end of the conversation that I hadn't inspired them to you know, buy in to the vision that we'd already come up with for Christmas because they started, you know, they they started maybe getting back to uh, brainstorming and talking about other ideas and saying, well, we should, maybe we could, maybe we could do something along this line and, you know, just basically diverging completely from the, from the direction that we'd already decided to go in. Mm. And so, so I didn't do this well enough and, and, and now it's costing me, Ouch. So, because I have to go back, you know, and really lay the foundation a little bit better. You know, this is an an inspire in an inspiring way, not a dictatorial way. So, so were they just not getting like the idea, and they're they're kind of going a different direction, or they got the idea, but you know, maybe thought they had a better idea, or you know, they thought you know a different direction would be an easier direction or something more attainable for this Christmas or hmm. you know, just some you know, some of those factors which which are good to think about. You know, I'm I'm not gonna disagree with that. But but uh just just not really 
I didn't really lay it out in a way that says, you know, this is the direction that we feel God is wanting us to go for this Christmas and, uh, and, and then inspiring them to help and participate and support in that role yeah. instead of, you know, well, and, okay, maybe God wants us to go in that direction, but maybe he wants us to go in this direction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so, so that's, that's one of the ways it can fail you if, you, if, if we're not careful to actually you know, spend some time thinking about how we're going to inspire people to the vision that God has given us for whatever aspect of ministry we're in or whatever we're leading. So there are pitfalls. Yeah. So we are out of time. Out of time. So we'd love to hear from you. Please get in contact with us through the website, worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can email Kevin at Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com or David at David worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can you know join our Worship Ministry Catalyst network, worshipministrycatalyst.ning.com. All this stuff is on the webpage, ways for you to get in touch with us. You can fill out contact forms. You can comment on this post. If you have ideas about vision and ways that you have inspired a shared vision, uh, to your worship team. We would love to hear about those and please get in touch with us about that. So, all right, we'll see you next time. All right, take care. Bye.